Welcome, travelers. Welcome to season two, episode 25 of Travel Happens. Today, I am joined by my fellow advisor from Reach for the Magic Destinations, Heather Brookshire. In years prior, you might have made plans for a, va- for a vacation based on geography. Uh, I have a friend who lives in Seattle, so California is a whole lot closer for him than Florida. But we have entered a new era of travel. And now people are willing to experience things that before was placed on the back burner. Now travelers are more open to more possibilities. They want to tackle what was for them those bucket list destinations. Today, Heather is here to help you make a future decision. This is Travel Happens, a podcast all about enhancing your vacation. Do you want to make your trip go smoother, easier, and more special? Keep listening. I'm your host, Destination Douglas. Think of me as Maureen Sedai, Tyrion Lannister, Gandalf, Mr. Miyagi, and Yoda all rolled into one. I'm your guide when it comes to cruises. Today, Heather will be doing a compare and contrast between the East Coast and the West Coast, between Disneyland Park in California and Walt Disney World in Florida. After this discussion, you might have a new travel destination that you didn't expect to take on to your, or tack on, (laughs) to your travel uh, destination list. You don't want it to occur, but travel happens. We're here to supply advice, guidance, aid, and be your advocate through all the potholes and pitfalls to your destination. Do you need help planning a trip? Our contact information is in the show notes. Just drop us a line. So this episode looks to be a big, big, (laughs) news-heavy episode, uh, similar to the episode we did uh, about D23. So, um, Heather, um, I think most people listening to this podcast have been watching the news about the weather and Florida. So what have you got? Well, we'll talk about the big elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> that is Hurricane Ian, who yeah. is currently uh, bearing down on Florida's West Coast, um, kind of making a direct beeline for Walt Disney World in Orlando. And now, our fellow travel advisor, Amy Shvilsky. Yes. God bless her. I know. She just moved and now she has to deal with a hurricane. Yeah. Welcome to Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing says welcome like a nice hurricane. Yeah. You're not a Floridian if you don't go through a hurricane. That's true. They do get they do get hit pretty often. So, you know, if you travel to Florida in August, September, October, you kind of need to be prepared that you might have to deal with with a hurricane. You may either already be there and not be able to uh, leave. So that means you'll have to stay on site. Um, but don't worry, they'll take great care of you and make sure your safety is the number one priority. Um, or you may experience canceled flights either coming in or going out um, and have to deal with kind of the nightmare that is that. But 
I think for me personally, I would rather, you know, have the flight canceled ahead of time. (laughs) Yes. Um, and, and have to reschedule the, the trip then have to be stuck there and have to go through it. Um, I've been through hurricanes before. They're, they're really not all that fun. (laughs) No, not at all. No. Um, so currently, uh, Walt Disney world parks, um, Disney Springs, pretty much everything on the grounds is closed both today and tomorrow as the hurricane passes over. Um, they're expecting torrential rains and some winds. Uh, luckily they are kind of mid, uh, you know, kind of in the middle of the state as right. far as their location goes. So it's usually, exactly. usually hurricanes are, you know, they, they lose quite a bit of power once they hit land. So um, the effects won't be nearly as bad in Orlando as they are along the coast. Um, however, there's, it still will be dangerous for people to be out and on the road. So yeah, guests are encouraged to they were stay put until the storm passes. Well, you know, it, it, it's something serious if Walt Disney World is going to close their parks because what year did uh, Walt Disney World open? It was like 71. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, when, you know, it took until the late 90s for them to close Walt Disney World due to a hurricane. And trust me, they, <laughs> they, they, there probably was uh, a number of hurricanes hitting Florida uh, in those, you know, over 20 years <laughs> that they started operating that resort. And nope, they kept on going. They kept on going. And then finally, uh, a hurricane came along that said, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, pre-COVID, you could pretty much count on one hand the number yeah. of days Disney World right. had been closed. I think the last time was 2000. Well, we we had COVID. Yeah. But before that, it was 2004, I think, was the last hurricane that uh, caused them to cancel. Yeah, it takes a pretty spectacular, a very strong storm um, to close the parks. Yeah. Um, you know, as we've seen in the news um a few times this year, even, you know, they, they get some pretty heavy rains in Orlando. And, you know, the, there's parts of the park that if it rains hard enough, fast enough, the parks will kind of flood. Right. You know, some of the streets will take on water because it's just it's coming down so fast that it can't drain. Um well, and not only that, if you have, you know, if you're talking about hurricane winds, I think right now looking at your weather channel um, <laughs> it looks like it's a category four you're talking significant things that could be turned into missiles because right. of the you know if it's you know a 90 miles per hour gust of wind yanking out trees and fences and stuff like you don't want to be around that no that's when conditions get very dangerous it's not yeah. just about the water it's about wind as well and right. And being in Florida, I think they're a little more prone to tornadoes that can sometimes come along with tor- with uh, hurricanes. Yeah. Um, so they've also got a, a pretty high danger for that right now as well. Exactly. All right. So let's let's move on to happier topics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not not quite so scary. Um, so Epcot's 40th anniversary is this Saturday. Now, uh-huh. The parks are scheduled to be open by Saturday. Um, however, they are they 
is a webcast, a D23 webcast that is scheduled to happen uh, on Saturday, I believe, at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, that will go over some of the history of Epcot that has led up to this point, all the many changes over to the park over the last 40 years. And uh, they'll also talk about my favorite friend, Figment, our favorite little purple dragon. Figment. I used to have, when I was a kid, I used to have a stuffed Figment. Don't know what happened to him. I think I did too. I have a yeah. little shoulder pet now. He, I can set him uh-huh. on my shoulder with a little magnet. He has some yeah. costumes that I've uh, bought for him as well. <laughs> yeah, I re- yeah i I really enjoyed Dreamfinder and uh, Figment. So that was always a good time. I don't they remember like Dreamfinder, been... huh? I don't remember Dreamfinder. Well. You should, you shouldn't sound sad. You should sound happy. Like, hey, I'm young. I, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I know I wrote it when Dreamfinder was around. I just, it was too long ago. For, I, right. I really only remember the current version. I don't remember the, the iteration that came between the two that uh-huh. everyone really oh, didn't they, like. They retooled that attraction like four times at least. They keep on tweaking and tweaking it. I'm like shocked. When they came out right before the pandemic with these plans for the retooling of Epcot with um, uh, World of Nature and World Celebration, I w- I thought for sure Journey uh, of Imagination was done for. I'm like, surely they'll... I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for the announcement for what they're going to do. There's got to be something. Well, and I'm sure I, I think there would have been if it wasn't for all the money that they were hemorrhaging because of the conde- pan- uh, pandemic. But because they lost so much money there, I think they're kind of loath to try and introduce things. I mean, when you look, when you really look at all the new announcements for Walt Disney World from D twenty three, you you kind of had this kind of. I had this kind of lukewarm response to it all. I'm like, really? That's it? Nothing really <laughs> exciting. But um, I, you know, probably in a couple of years, that I'm thinking they might even, um, you know, take a look at how what the impact is of Epic Universe, and as soon as they start seeing Universal taking more of their market share they're, they're they'll go into hyperdrive well and also you know epcot's still under so much construction especially yeah. kind of right near um journey into imagination so yeah. i can see why they don't want to do any more at least until journey of water is complete yeah. um and all of that area is finished because there's just so much that needs to be completed yet and I can mm-hmm. see not wanting to put something else under construction yeah. or even or even having it on the schedule just yet, because that still has a little ways to go. And, you know, it's like one thing finally gets open and then you're going to throw something right next door, you know, under construction, you know, just as soon as something else opens. But then, you know, I'm not in the room when they're making these decisions. So who knows what they they are all thinking? I don't That's know. true. But I'm also still slightly holding out hope that maybe we get some sort of figment announcement or journey into imagination announcement on Saturday. 
since it yeah. is the 40th. Uh, we did get a small announcement at D23 uh, with the um, character meet and greet returning of Figment, but right. not until later next year. So maybe there's something else that we don't know yet. I I, I doubt it. I'm like... I'm, I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, because basically uh, this whole 50th anniversary uh, hoopla is going to end. And mm-hmm. so marketing needs something to run with. So if there was something big to talk about, trust me, they would have talked about it. I, I think basically what's going to happen is with the end of the 50th anniversary, the lead will be Tron. Tron yeah. will be coming out in probably like April-ish. Yeah. Is when they're predicting. So that's right at the time of when the 50th anniversary ends. So I think that's what they'll probably do. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right. So let's see more news. So we just got heard a couple days ago, the after hours events will be returning in January to Hollywood studios and magic kingdom. Uh, these will run through, I believe April I'm going to check mm-hmm. my notes on select nights. I'm sorry. So through April at Hollywood studios on select nights and through March on select nights at magic kingdom. So this is a separately ticketed event similar to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party or uh, the Christmas Mickey's uh, Very Merry Christmas Party in that there is a much lower attendance to these. They cap the amount of tickets that they sell. And so you can ride, you can just about walk on to any ride. Plus there are also other special events that go on, typically a stage event or special characters that you can meet and greet and special um, food and merchandise that will be available during the party. Those are always super fun. I have have you done an after hours event? I haven't done one of those. I've done a Christmas party, but not an after hours. Yeah, I have not done an after hours event. I did a different event. It was back in like 2003. And what was it called? You know, so when Disney first started, you didn't have these whole um ticket package things you ha- you bought individual little paper tickets and they were classified by the amount of thrill that the ride provides so if you were for example like probably the carousel in the magic kingdom would be considered an a ticket ride right and yeah. then so there were a tickets b tickets c d and e and so the best of the best of the uh, attractions were e-ticket rides. Oh, it, it was so it was an e-ticket night that I went to. That's what oh, it was okay. called. And um, you went, it, it operated just like these after hours. It was a separate ticket that you purchased. They had a cap on the amount of people. There was like hardly anybody there. Like uh, my friend that uh, I took with me is like, you know, he wasn't, he's like, okay, if you want to do it, we'll do it. Okay. But then when we're actually doing it, he's like, this is amazing. (laughs) We got to do this every time. Like, "Mm -hmm, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) 
Yeah, those lower crowds, man, they they yeah. they talk. You they're they're pull, really nice. Well, almost I, we had no line weights whatsoever. We just decided what attraction did we want to go to, and we just walked right on every yeah. single one. I mean, Splash Mountain, and like seeing um, Splash Splash Mountain in the evening with all the lights of the Magic Kingdom, and you're at the top of the mountain, you're looking across throughout the whole Magic Kingdom. It's just really super special. Yeah, there are some rides you can do at night. Like, yeah. That could be a whole episode, a whole another episode down the road of talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, please do. <laughs> okay, continue. I was going to say, while, while, he's, while he's writing our, our notes for our next yeah. podcast. Um, also announced in the last week are the narrators for the Candlelight Processional at Epcot this holiday season. Um, concerts will begin on November 25th and run through December 30th. Uh, returning favorites this year include Whoopi Goldberg, Neil Patrick Harris, Marie Osmond, and Angela Bassett. And new to the lineup this year are Simu Liu from um, uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, yeah. Gloria Estefan, Mariska Hargitay, and my personal favorite, I I was super excited when I saw this name on the list, Josh Gad. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, he's a... Josh Gad is a huge Disney fan. Huge, yeah. huge, 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 huge. So that was an easy get. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it, it probably all just came down to his schedule and his availability and, you know, is, you know, what dates could he possibly do? And it wasn't, right. about, it wasn't about whether he wanted to do it. I'm sure it was, he wanted to do it. Just could he do it? Right. Yes. Yeah, he's probably been waiting for the invitation or for schedules to line up for a few years, I would venture yeah. to guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and just in case, listeners, you don't know who Josh Gad is, he is the voice of Olaf, right. our favorite snowman. And he was uh, one of the two leads for the Book of Mormon. And yes. he was uh, incredible in that. And uh, he didn't, I don't think he won a Tony for it, but I, I would not be surprised if he wasn't nominated for his role. Um, I, I would guess he was definitely nominated. I can't remember if he won the Tony or not. Well, I, I sincerely doubt it. I mean, I have my phone here. I could look it up. But, <laughs> we won't uh, bore you with those details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was most excited to see Raul Esparza. I love him. He has an amazing voice, and um, he's he's also one of the narrators. And uh, I I could have seen him in a production of Company, but um, I forget what I was seeing instead. I was seeing something else instead. And so you can only you know I don't have all the money in the world, so I can't <laughs> do, do. But. Uh, and I also would love to see Simu. I mean, yeah, um, he was on Celebrity Jeopardy the other night. Oh, really? Was he? Yeah, that was really fun to watch. Uh, he just seems like a really great guy. Yeah, you know, he just, does. You know, and uh, al- almost as if he would uh, is down to earth. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, I definitely get that vibe too. Yeah. So, and then on top of that, 
you know, he's he's doing something that I don't have the dedication to do that, uh, you know, he definitely is working on uh, his fitness. And I'm like, I, I like to work uh, on keeping my body in decent shape, but I do not have the discipline to do what you have to do, what you have to go through to be a Marvel superhero. That is not, you know, going to happen. And then the other thing is, he is in one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. It is absolutely hysterical. Kim's Convenience, I love that show. And um, I, I think it's, you have to be a special person to play someone who isn't all that bright. And that's kind of what his <laughs> role was about. Um, like, I remember I saw this interview with uh, Matt LeBlanc, uh, who played Joey on Friends back in the 90s, if you're old enough to, you could, you could I, I'm it, sure it, you can yes, find that Friends show. I, re I remember. <laughs> okay, well, you, you can stream it, but I saw this interview with him. I'm like, he is so incredibly smart. I'm like, he was so convincing as being this goofball. <laughs> you know, you had no idea. But yeah, I think Simu is great. Go ahead. What else you got? Uh, I think that that wraps us up for my news. Well, no, I, don't you? Uh, so we talked about the the hurricane and how that's impacting Disney and how that park is closed. Is anything uh, else closed in uh, Orlando? Yes, I'm sorry. We were yeah. <laughs> we were just focusing on Disney. Yeah, uh, the Universal Orlando Resort parks are also closed, as well as Sea World parks. Um, I would venture to guess pretty much any attraction in Orlando is closed today and tomorrow, so that folks can go down and ride out the yeah. storm. Yeah, probably any park in the southeastern United States, <laughs> <laughs> at least in Florida and maybe parts of Georgia and right. South Carolina, because it's yeah. going to kind of curve up and. Um, impact them as well. Yes, exactly. They're in the cone, as they say. Yes, and you know the spaghetti models and all those things. Yes, yeah. This is the time of year we have to watch for all those things. Just as long as they're not coming towards my house, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> well, one of the most financially devastating uh, events that happened along the East Coast was Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, and you know I got away scot free with Hurricane Sandy. It was Funny, I was just talking about this with my roommate today, and how uh, my I lived in a house that had a basement that would experience uh, water issues and like I guess a little bit of flooding on just a ordinary rainstorm. So I see Sandy's coming up, so I lugged ev all of my stuff that was stored down in my basement up to my living room and uh the hurricane happened completely dry in my basement wow <laughs> like, yeah i don't know so why lucky. well i don't understand I, um the only thing i could come uh think of is that there was so much wind it just kind of blew the water away <laughs> 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 but um yeah I 
that is one of the nice things about Philadelphia. We really, oh, geez, I probably have done it now. I'm knocking on wood. Can you hear that? <laughs> uh, because we, uh, it, we're in this little pocket and really don't experience much in the way of severe weather. So I'm happy about that. Well, that okay, is, so that is very fortunate. On, huh? <laughs> I said that is very fortunate. You better knock on something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So moving on, the big news uh, in all of travel is with dealing if you're uh, a citizen of Canada, because Transport Canada has announced that starting October 1st, uh, all COVID-19 border requirements, including vaccination, mandatory use of ArriveCan, and any testing and quarantine isolation requirements will end for all travelers entering Canada, whether by land, air, or sea, according to a statement. Prior to this, cruise guests were required to download and use the Arrive Can app and provide proof of vaccination plus a negative COVID-19 test result. So all of that is going away for all the Canadian citizens and I'm about to go on a cruise with a whole bunch of uh, Canadians. There even used to be even more, but there was such problems going between Canada and the United States, either with Canada's requirements or the United States requirements. They, there's like, I know of a few couples that decided to bail and they're not joining me, but there's still a good amount of people who've stuck it out and it has paid off. Um, and then you talked about universal closing. I have news when it comes to, uh, once again, Epic Universe. Um, looking at Epic Universe, there's going to be Super Nintendo World. And so these are all the developments that are happening over there, all the construction. Peach's Castle, uh, which will act as the area's entryway, can be clearly seen in BioReconstruct's Twitter account and is in the foreground of their picture of the Epic Universe area. And Yoshi's Adventure Family Ride is being built with its round load station now in place. Toad's Cafe uh, has had its entrance constructed. The Mario Kart building has started vertical construction. The floor for the second level is starting to be installed. This floor is going to act as the entry into the ride building and the queue areas. The ride itself will be contained entirely on the lower level. The portal to enter the Universal Monsters Land is the furthest along of all the park areas. Every land will have one of these portals. And while they will all have the same structure, they will be themed differently to reflect each individual land. And when looking at the rumored how to train your dragon area, there is a space for a lagoon. And in this lagoon, there's two areas that have been marked off. And this is where it's believed that two statues will be uh, erected to welcome visitors to the island of Burke. According to permit records, gas lines for fire torches may be connected to these statues. Mm. And um, let's see, uh, with all of the building activity going on here, it is hopeful 
that the summer 2025 grand opening for the park will actually happen, if not sooner. Moving on, let's talk about Holland America. For the first time since 2020, Holland America Line's Volendam is sailing. On Sunday, the ship embarked on a 14-day Holy Land and Ancient Kingdom Explorer itinerary out of Trieste, which is basically Venice. Its first full cruise since the industry-wide pause. The ship had been chartered to house and feed approximately 1,500 Ukrainians, part of a larger commitment by the Netherlands to accommodate 50,000 people. Holland America provided three hot meals per day, private stateroom accommodations, housekeeping services, use of public spaces, fitness facilities, internet access, and other necessities for the refugees. After its current sailing, Volendam will then sail a series of 14-day itineraries to Greece, Turkey, Italy, Croatia, and Montenegro before repositioning to Fort Lauderdale in late October. From there, it will sail a series of Caribbean cruises. So, you know, my first reaction when I'm listening to all the, the benefits, I'm thinking, wow, geez, sign me up. Then I realized, you know what? They deserve it. They went through, you know, an invasion by Russia. You know, I'll take my life over theirs any day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Cunard. Cunard recently celebrated the keel laying of its newest ship, Queen Anne, with a traditional ceremony on September 8th, 2022. The ceremony marked the formal start of her construction at the historic Vincantieri Maghera shipyard in Venice, Italy. And then MSC, MSC Cruises today revealed uh, details of the entertainment offerings on board MSC Seascape, including six new productions specifically designed for the ship's Cora Theater, according to a statement from the cruise company. And then uh, with Disney Cruise Line, beginning October 14th, 2022, for Disney Wonder, Disney Dream, Disney Fantasy, and Disney Wish sailings. And November 7th, for Disney Magic sailings, Disney Cruise Line will no longer require guests to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 at the time of sailing. However, it is highly recommended. It, it's Every time they change it, it's always, we're not requiring, but it's highly, highly recommended. <laughs> All guests ages five years and older who are not fully vaccinated. So unvaccinated guests will need to submit proof of a negative COVID-19 test taken one to two days before the sale date. Guests ages four years uh, or younger do not require testing. Uh, Virgin Voyages. Virgin Voyages, they have announced 2024 summer sailings, including seven to 10 night sailings out of Athens, seven night Mediterranean voyages featuring extended days in Rome and Corsica, plus a one-way transatlantic from Miami to Barcelona to kick off uh, sailors' hot ladyship summer with a bang. And these epic voyages check off every traveler's bucket list. And then Barbados, the government of Barbados has announced uh, on last Thursday that it would drop all remaining COVID-19 related travel po protocols. The news means that travelers can enter Barbados without having to take a COVID-19 test or prove vaccine status. 
It also means that face masks will be optional and uh, cruise passengers, whether unvaccinated or vaccinated, can also get off their ships onto Barbados without a test. Barbados has previously been requiring unvaccinated cruise guests to get tested prior to arriving. Um, and there's a lot of cruise uh, uh, cruise lines that visit Barbados, among them Celebrity Cruises, Embassy Cruises, Royal Caribbean, Regent Seven Seas, Silver Sea Cruises, and Holland America. And um, one, an, another change for Japan. And for the first time in nearly two and a half years, Japan is opening its border to foreigners without heavy COVID restrictions. And that's something unusual because they have been kind of stringent in terms of what they will allow into their country. And starting October 11th, individual international travelers will be able to enter Japan without being part of a tour group. Japan is ending its international daily arrivals cap and will reinstate visa waivers. The daily visitor cap is currently at 50,000 and had been as low as 20,000 just a few weeks ago. Um, and say, you got the same situation over in Hong Kong. Hong Kong will no longer require travelers to undergo three days of mandatory hotel quarantine upon arrival, uh, lifting the burden on international travelers to Hong Kong for the first time since early 2020. And the new rules, which were announced by Hong Kong Chief Executive John Lee on Friday, take effect starting September 26th. So... On that date, uh, travelers will only have to undergo three days of self-monitoring post-arrival along with an antigen test 24 hours before they uh, board. Um, so not only is it good for cruisers, but it's good for visitors who want to go to Disneyland in Hong Kong, want to go to the Disney parks in Japan, and... Uh, We'll have a grand old time. So that's all I've got when it comes to newses. Like what you are hearing? Tell your friends that they too can now find us on their favorite podcast player like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. You are tasked with sharing Travel Happens on your favorite social media platform. One social media channel will suffice. If you go to podchaser.com slash travel dash happens or podpage.com slash travel dash happens, you will find links to make sharing an episode on your platform of choice super easy. We need help. So spread the word. And uh, never mind uh, Hurricane Ian, Hurricane Fiona had inspired me. Should you fail to share this podcast, I will place a curse on you. If you do not share this podcast, may you experience a storm as part of your next travel experience. I personally wish for clear, sunny days when I travel. You can avoid the storm. It won't happen for you. Just share this podcast on your favorite social media platform.
All right, Heather, what have you got for us? So today we're going to talk about the differences between Disneyland and Disney World. So let's get the biggest part of it out first. Um, I know there is sometimes some confusion as to which one is in which location. Right. And a lot of times, you know, people will talk, you know, I want to go to Disneyland. I love Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Disneyland is the OG park. Um, It's the one that opened in 1955. Um, Walt is the one who created and designed um, with his team that park. Um, as one of his dreams. Um, And it is located in uh, Anaheim, California, which is about an hour south of Los Angeles. Um, It is comprised of two parks um, and a shopping district in between them and three on-site hotels. So you have Disneyland, the original park, which is, if you're an East Coaster and you frequent Disney World, is very similar to Magic Kingdom and sometimes does get referred to as Magic Kingdom when you're talking about Disneyland out west. Um, as well as Disney's California Adventure, which is just across the promenade. And that's one of the big differences, big differences between Disneyland and Disney yeah. World. Right. You could just walk over to the other park. Exactly. Um, something that uh, Walt talked about when they were preparing to um, break ground in Florida and uh, build the second park was the blessing of size uh, and the fact that um, uh, the parks in Florida were going to be much, much bigger and he would have more room to expand than he did in Disneyland. That was one of the biggest lessons that they learned after building the original park. Um, so we talked about there's two parks and the shopping district and three resorts at Disneyland at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. So now we're going to go East Coast. There are four major theme parks, two water parks, a large shopping district. And I don't remember the specific count of resorts. Do you know the exact number? It's 20 something. I think. No, I think it's like, I think they reached 30. Is it 30? Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> well, because, you know, even though um, a resort might be uh, a DVC property. Okay. So we're going to count those separate. Pro- <laughs> right. The, uh, okay. D- uh, you could book a room if you wanted to. You know, uh, you're like, oh, you know what? I'd really like one of those really bigger rooms at Old Key West, which is a DVC property, which is Disney's version of a timeshare. Um, So if you count those, because you can book those as a a non-DVC owner, um, if you count those, yeah, I I believe it goes over 30. Yeah, okay. I can definitely see that. Yeah. And so Continue. what we're ta- and so what we're talking about there is that some resorts share both Disney Vacation Club sort of hosting duties as well as normal resort hosting duties. So for example, at the Grand Floridian, you can book a standard room yeah. as well as a Disney Vacation Club um, one or two bedroom unit. Well, on, on top of that, there are some uh, resorts that are just purely 
DVC, like Old Key West, or isn't Riviera a DVC property? Yes. Yeah. So if I wanted to, I could, you know, I could either own at the Riviera or I could rent a room there as a guest. Absolutely. Um, okay. So that takes care of kind of the numbers, you know, that's, the, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're just getting into the, um, the tip of it here. Um, so the size of each of the parks is also quite different. Um, the two parks in California are, um, at least a little bit smaller, if not quite a bit smaller compared to the ones at Disney world. Um, we're talking, um, as far as acreage per park. Um, so you, you talk about, you know, how, long it takes to get from point A to point B, the size of the park itself in terms of square footage um, varies quite a lot. But in general, the ones in California are smaller because that's where they started and they just didn't have as much land to work with because they didn't know how successful it was going to be um, and how much expansion would be done over the years versus Disney World where they kind of planned for that in advance. You know, they started with one park and then they just kind of kept adding on and adding on and adding on. Currently, they're, they've developed about one-third of the land um, at Walt Disney World, um, which I believe is about 40 square miles. It's, well, uh, right? Walt Disney World is a little bit bigger than the islands of Manhattan. That's right, yes. <laughs> I have heard that as I well. I think it's a little bit easier to square that away than it, when, when you tell me, you know, figures of acreage since yeah. i'm not not a farmer uh, <laughs> it means nothing to me but when you say it's about you know a little bit bigger than the island of manhattan then that puts it into perspective for me yes so we touched on this a little bit uh a couple of minutes ago but in california you can walk about 200 feet from gate to gate between <laughs> Disneyland and California Adventure. That cannot happen at Disney World. No, no, no. Like, you, can't, uh, you can walk between Epcot and um, Hollywood Studios, but it's about true. a 15-minute walk. And let's be real, in the heat, who wants to add those extra steps? Yeah, um, <laughs> and, exactly. And uh, generally, what I tell my clients is, just plan for at least an hour tra- uh, traveling time between when you're going from one park to another. Just Yes, between yeah. leaving the park and whatever yeah. mode of transportation you have to take. Right. And, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it does take quite a bit of time. So um, in addition to the parks being larger, they're also much more spread out in Orlando than they are in um, Anaheim. Uh, so in talking about that so transportation so in uh, disneyland uh you really only need to take a tram if you're parking at at the parks in one of the um disneyland lots um so you would only need to take a tram and of course like we said you can walk just you know 200 feet takes you two minutes to get from gate to gate between the two parks so there's no need for buses or um there is a monorail. We'll get to that in a moment, but it's not quite a mode of transportation as much yeah, as it it's is more like an a attraction. Gimmick. Well, it's an right. attraction. Um, it's a it's gimmick. Not, <laughs> hey, 
Hey, <laughs> step off my monorail, man. I love the monorail, but let's <laughs> let's face facts. It was something to entice people to book a room at the hotel. Hey, that's not a bad marketing tactic. I'll take it. No, I, it's, <laughs> I think it's very smart. Um, so, you know, like I said, the, there's really only a tram in California. That's really the only mode of transportation you need between any kind of destination. Uh, the monorail does take you from the Disneyland Hotel to um, the station in Tomorrowland. Um, so you can get in that way. Um, however, it is not really, it's not really generally used in that way, more so just as an attraction. Um, it does kind of give you an overall view of Tomorrowland at Disneyland, which I really enjoy. It goes through quite a bit of the attractions um, in that land, which I think is just really spectacular. Whereas at Disney World, it truly is a mode of transportation. It takes you from the Ticket and Transportation Center to um, uh, three of the resort hotels, depending on the line the uh, line that you're on, um, to the Magic Kingdom or from Ticket and Transportation Center to Epcot, um, which is about a 15-minute journey via um, monorail. So it truly is a mode of transportation um, at Disney World versus Disneyland. It is more of just an attraction. So let's talk about the shopping districts. So downtown Disney in California is sort of connecting the two parks. It's sort of off to the right hand, or I guess right or left, depending on which park you're coming out of. But yeah. it kind of juts out to one side um, down the promenade um, from the entrances to the two parks. Um, and two of the resort hotels are also located along the promenade, one being the um, Grand Californian uh, which is right next door to Disney's California Adventure, and then down at the other side of the prom of the um, shopping district is the original Disneyland Hotel, and then behind the Grand Californian is uh, Paradise Pier Hotel. Um, so it's it's just kind of a soon one to be soon to be uh, Pixar not, Place. Yeah, Pixar Place. I was like, it's not Pier. That's that's yes. inside the park. Uh, yes, Pixar Place Hotel. That one's about to be reimagined. It needs it. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be cool. That's yeah. that's gonna be really cool. Yeah. Well, I love Pixar movies, so okay. Yes. I mean, come on, there's at least you gotta love one of of the vast Seriously. library yeah. that there is. Yeah. Um, and so it's just kind of one straight shot. You just walk from end to end. Uh, I don't know exactly how long it is, but it really doesn't take that long to walk. It's maybe, I don't know, what, 10, 15 minutes from end to end? I don't know. <laughs> well, you're no help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's not a And then if you compare it again to Orlando, where they have the Blessing of Size, uh, which is a very large shopping district split into three um, sort of neighborhoods. Uh, there's many, many more restaurants and shopping locations. Um, there's even a few kind of small attractions that are there as well as shows like Cirque du Soleil. Um, so there's just much more. It's almost, uh, you know, uh, you could spend an entire day at Disney Springs almost and still. Yes. Not almost, you could. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. I mean, you can graze your way through. I have done that and it's actually quite yeah. a bit of fun. <laughs> And you're only gonna you're only gonna scratch the surface of all the food that's available there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely incredible. 
Okay, so we've talked about the location, but with that comes the varying climates um, between the two. Both are pretty temperate. Um, Orlando does get warmer during the summer than California, depending on the year. <laughs> this year, I would I, say California's had some very hot days. Even They in, really have. They've hit the triple digits this year. Yeah, even it, in Anaheim. Um, yeah. So, but for the vast majority of the year, I would say it's a very nice, mild climate, probably 60s, 70s uh, yeah. during the day, which is just really beautiful weather to experience the parks in. Whereas in Orlando, that's more winter. <laughs> you right. get that for a couple of months. Yeah. And then in the summer, you're living on the surface of the sun. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Okay. We talked about the monorail. Okay, let's let's talk about this. So you know what the Disney bubble is, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for those of you that have not either experienced the Disney bubble or just don't know what we're talking about, the Disney bubble is the feeling that you get while you're on vacation at Disney World or Disneyland, and the the fact that the outside world kind of melts away. You you don't really hear much about news, you know, really unless you want to. I know we've got our phone in our hands all the time, so you know. It, it's a little more intrusive now than it used to be, but you can choose to, to tune that out and just really, you know, be in, be in the Disney bubble in the moment during the entirety of your vacation. And at Disneyland, it's a little harder to stay in the bubble because it's smaller and you can kind of see and hear the outside world, even inside the parks. Like the honking. Yes, like honking. Because <laughs> there's a pretty major thoroughfare that runs pretty close by. There's even a very large um, freeway that runs very close to yeah. uh, close to Disneyland. And so with that, you can kind of get taken out of really the storytelling, you know, because you're, it, these lands are meant to be very immersive. And you may be in Galaxy's Edge and hear honking of a car, right. yeah. <laughs> which doesn't exactly fit. Whereas at Disney World, you don't think you don't think they had cars in <laughs> outer space. You don't no, think that well, no, it's cars? not a car. It's a, it's like a land speeder, you know. Yeah, exactly. those things don't have horns. No. <laughs> so, but anyways, in in Orlando, it, it, you really are more in the Disney bubble, um, staying on property. Once you go through that big gate, that big blue gate the rest of the world doesn't really matter. You know, you're in, you're in Disney for a week or two or a few days, however long your vacation is. And that's it. You're just, you're in Disney for a week and you don't think about anything else that happens, you know, at home or to the rest of the world while you're, while you're there. And you don't hear the traffic because the, the parks are set so far. They've got lots of trees around them. They're meant to be, you know, noise barriers and to keep you in that, uh, in that moment, in those stories, uh, the way that Walt really intended. Yep. 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 So speaking of kind of length of vacation, um, because there's only two parks in California, you can take a slightly shorter trip than if you go to Orlando. So if you go to California, you can do a two or three day ticket and see quite a bit. You can see really I'm not going to say almost everything, but you can see a lot. 
and two to three days in California. And especially because you can bounce between the parks so easily. So you're not sort of wasting time having to travel between the parks or even arrive at the parks. Depending on where you're staying, it may take you 45 minutes to an hour just to get from your hotel to a park. It really depends on where you're staying. Um, And so in Orlando, you want to spend really at least a week, you know, visiting each of the parks one, one or um, one day each. And then maybe one extra day that you leave where you split between two parks or you have an extra bonus day where you, you spend the time at your resort enjoying the, the amenities and really kind of having that downtime because we know there's a lot of walking involved in Disney world vacations. And so you want to rest your feet and your brain from, you know, being around quite a bit of quite a few people. Um, some people need, you know, right. a little bit of time to be down between, um, yeah. you know, being in the crowds and such. So having that extra day um, can really be helpful to let you recharge between um, visits to the parks. Okay, let's see, where are we now? So let's, <laughs> what? I'm going down my list. I have a list. I know. Well, so let's, yes. So let's talk about the kind of makeup of who visits the parks. Mm-hmm. So in California, just kind of the way that it worked, it's worked out. There's, it's really more of a locals park. So mm-hmm. you have quite a few annual pass holders, and they have a lot of different levels of pass holder of you know. Um, variations of pat of passes annual passes right. out there uh versus at disney world um so you have more locals coming in it's a very large population that lives there mm-hmm. versus orlando um so like I, like i said again you've got a lot of locals coming in versus in orlando it's way more tourists than it is annual pass holders right or locals um So that just kind of, it governs a few different things. So let's say like, take for example, Haunted Mansion and It's a Small World, get the overlays at Christmas time um, at Disneyland because they know that there's not as many people visiting that park that are kind of a, like, this is the only time they're going to visit. They go all the time. Yeah, If 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 you're a group coming from Brazil, you're probably not going to go three times a year right yeah it, it's probably it's going to be less frequent right so it's okay that those attractions are down for the length of time that it takes to change them over because they know that they're that the locals have been on them multiple times and they're so they're catering more to that crowd right. versus at disney world if haunted mansion or small world was down for three months every year for the changeover both before and after that's combined time not right (laughs) separate (laughs) um you know there there would be mass pandemonium and people would be in an uproar that those attractions are down for that long every year um so that's just some that's just a little um interesting nugget that i find um you know, how, how they deal with that in each, um, on each coast. So 
foodie girl here, I would be remiss yes. if I didn't talk about some food. Right. And one of the biggest ones that always comes up when you talk about land versus world is the churros. Right. <laughs> was, uh, you know, what came as you were leading up to it, I thought in my mind, snacks. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I can say, being a churro connoisseur myself, that the churros in California are better than they are in Florida. I don't yeah. know what it is, but they're different. Plus, plus they have a much more greater variety of, oh, yes. of what they uh, do with their churros. Yes, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. Because, yeah. I mean, I, can, I consider Walt Disney World my home. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because I live that much closer because I'm kind of right between the two. Right. <laughs> but I frequent Walt Disney World much more than I do um, Disneyland. Disneyland. Yeah. So I'm a little jealous that the churros at Disneyland are that much better and that they get yeah. such a variety. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm quite jealous of, of that fact. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the water, which sometimes... Again, okay, so pastry person here, sometimes water in different locations can actually change. I mean, hot dogs, uh, bagels, right. yeah. you know, it can change the way something tastes, which is just absolutely fascinating. Okay, so I was going to move on, but let's let's stick with the restaurants because, you know, foodie girl here. So we, we have to continue talking about food. So with the difference in size comes many more food options like i kind of touched on with disney springs versus downtown disney disney world is really a food mecca um it's becoming a place for foodies to travel just for the food and then you throw in things like the after hours events and um the christmas parties and special events like that and, and you, also the chefs that they attract, like chefs yeah. like Art Smith and um, Jose, what's his last name? Uh, Andres. Uh, yeah. Uh, with Haleo. And, you know, when you get big name chefs coming yes. to open restaurants, you know, um, that helps. Yeah, that's that's a very big deal. And there's quite a few of them, especially at Disney Springs. You've right. got your you've got your pick. Um, well, I, I imagine Disney Springs just because they have the space to yes. create mm-hmm. a, a new restaurant. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes they get tapped to help open other restaurants within um, the parks or sometimes the resorts, depending right. on um, the sort of genre of food they're going for. And really, I mean, any kind of genre of food. You can find it. Um, let's talk about festivals. You know, Epcot has a festival nearly all year long. Yeah. Um, there's not, I don't know that there's any kind of food that you can't find during the festivals, especially food and wine. Um, it's in the title. So <laughs> well, the, uh, I have a bone to pick there because they do have a, a kiosk for it and it's called the africa kiosk but africa is a humongous continent it's it's huge 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 and to reduce it all to one little kiosk i think is a disservice 
And I think, um, I think part of it is you're trying to please the palates of most people throughout, uh, you know, someone from uh, Iowa is not really experienced with uh, cuisine coming out of Senegal. So to, to really probably do it justice might not appeal to um, middle America. And I think that's just only because they haven't been exposed to it. I'm like, well, let's expose them. Let's, Let's, you know, yeah. you could you could start small and gradually work your way up, you know, have, you know, you know, have that Africa kiosk and then do and then do a, you know, a South Africa kiosk. Start with something that is probably will end up being successful because it's more of a Cape Town is, and Johannesburg are more cosmopolitan uh, cities. And then, you know, branch your way out into, you know, featuring food from the Congo and what have you. Go ahead. You could do it. I just, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. Now. Um, well, and I mean, I think in that you've you've missed one and that there is a country from Africa in Morocco that has mm-hmm. its own pavilion there um, True. and does True. often have um, a booth for food and wine usually plus one, um, Mm -hmm. which I think they do more Greek. It's more Mediterranean usually, Mm -hmm. um, over there, I believe. Um, which oddly enough is kind of one of the only times you can find Greek food on Disney property. That one's kind of a, I think in the past they've had at food and wine festival, a Greek, uh, kiosk. Yes. I mean, during food and wine and maybe one of the other festivals, they'll have a Greek booth, but it's one of the only places on property that you can find um, Greek food. Right. Um, There's not any restaurants really dedicated to that. Yeah. Give me some spanakopita. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Now you just make me hungry. (laughs) Your turn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, you know, with, with all of the festivals, you know, Epcot is the festival center, um, for Disney world, whereas California adventure is the festival center for Disneyland. Um, they do have a, their own food and wine festival. And I believe there's one more, which for some reason I can't think of right now. Do you know what the other festival is? Food and wine. And I don't know. I I completely, to be honest with you, I completely forgot about the food and wine festival out at, uh, Anaheim, but uh, now that you said that, I go, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, they do have their festivals, but it's not nearly as big as like right. Epcot with yeah. Festival of the Arts and um, Flower and Garden, Food and Wine, and Festival. Of, oh, I think they do Festival of the Holidays or something right. similar to that. Are they the are they still doing Festival of the Masters? You mean Festival of the, the Festival of the Arts at Epcot? Okay. Are they about? morphed it into something else? At Epcot? That's what you're talking yeah. about? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's the first one. That's the like winter one. That's January, yeah. February. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they still do. That's the newest one. It's only been going for... This is either six or seven years. This one that's coming up. I can't remember how yeah. long it's been now. Um, I'm sure they'll tell us. <laughs> yes, right? Because, you know, if, especially once you get to 10, you know, and then right. 20 and 25, you know, yes, you right. hit those milestones, you make it bigger. <laughs> right, exactly. 
Okay. So is that is that all we're going to talk about in the in the food category? You got anything else to add between the two? About food? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure again, a lot of these topics we're really just scratching the surface. Um Yeah. This could be a really long podcast if we decided to deep dive into that. Right. Well, um yeah, you know, it'll just spark uh it'll be a catalyst for you to decide oh you know what that sounds like a much more doable vacation for me than what i've been doing let me try something new that that sounds really great yeah yeah, yeah. if you've never been to disneyland it's something fun to yeah. experience that's not as long not as exhausting as disneyland it's a good jumping off point if you want to explore you know california Mm -hmm. in general you know yeah if you you know decide hey you know what i've always wanted to uh visit um san francisco and santa barbara you know you could do a whole just california itinerary and incorporate Mm -hmm. um disneyland as part of it yeah there's lots to see and do out there yeah um okay so moving on um, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of ease into this because it's we're gonna we're talking about one thing and then spread off into the other into the other part of it. So let's let's talk specifically about Magic Kingdom versus Disneyland. We're, we're gonna keep it at, yes. at that so right. we can right. know what we're talking about between the yes. two. So they are very similar, but they definitely have their differences. Size being one of them, Disneyland's a little smaller than Magic Kingdom. Um, very first thing you see when you walk in, Sleeping Beauty's castle is quite a bit smaller than Cinderella's castle. So if you're used to one or the other, you're going to get a bit of a surprise or a shock right. one, way, one way or the other. Now, Walt Disney World fans, don't get a big head. Because, <laughs> no, seriously, because... Have you been to the Disney park in Shanghai? Let's talk about a big cast. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Humongous. <laughs> someday. Someday I will get to see that one in person. That, it's it's epic. Okay. I, yeah. And gorgeous. I think it's just yeah. magnificent. Um, so the lands are a little different um, in each of those two, uh, each of the two, you know, kind of OG parks. Um, right. Two the two coasts uh you know you've got main street usa up you know right in the front of both of them and they both have that funnels people into the park right and then you've got the hub and spoke design where you've got the hub you know kind of right there in front of the castle and all the lands filter out from that central point um off to the right if you're looking at either of the castles you have tomorrowland that Mm -hmm. is the same in both locations um, and off to the left, you have Adventureland, yeah. um, which is also the same in both locations. Uh, both have Frontierlands, which are also kind of back into the left. And of course, Fantasyland, which is straight through the castle of either location. That's really where the similarities stop. Right. So off to the right, uh, behind Tomorrowland uh, at Disneyland is... Um, it's cartoon. Oh my gosh. It's Toontown. I'm Toontown. sorry. Yeah. Wow. Was... Total brain fart there. Could not remember right. what the name of it was. 
And that's where you can find Mickey and Minnie's houses, as well as Chippendale's treehouse, um, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, the Barnstormer, right? It's Barnstormer out there too. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that one up. Why do I feel like that's actually not true? I feel like true. I'm thinking like they don't have Barnstormer. Out. No, but they have kind of a kitty coaster that's the same, same type idea. thing. I'm going to have to get my Disneyland card taken away for not remembering what, what that one is. <laughs> All this means is that you need another trip to Disneyland. Yes. You know, yes. That, that, that's what this means. You have to revisit and refresh your knowledge base. My memory. That's right. So 2023, I'm coming for you. Okay. That's, that's the plan anyways. We'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and so there used to be Mickey and Minnie's um, houses. Um, and a Toontown in uh, Magic Kingdom that was yes, I visited them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was like my childhood. I was so sad when they announced that those were going away. Um, <laughs> and it got replaced with what? With Storybook Circus and um, uh, New Fantasyland. I was just going to say the expansion of Fantasyland. Yeah, yeah, all of that kind of came about uh, and sits where all of that used to sit at uh magic kingdom uh okay so let's see so i'm like going through the map in my head so fantasy land <laughs> over to Frontierland. we talked about that both have a big thunder mountain um although the one at disneyland sits on an kind of an island um whereas the one at disney world does not um, and it's kind of the furthest reach back in the park. And that's not quite how it works out at Disneyland. Um, okay, so so let's talk about something that's really quite different. And to me, I think is really strange being an East Coast home park right. girl. Right. Yeah, you know where this is going. I think I do. <laughs> in the fact that you won't find any Star Wars characters really at Magic Kingdom. Right. But you will at Disneyland. Yeah. Because Star Disney- Tours right. is at Disneyland. And so uh, is Galaxy's Edge. And so is Galaxy's Edge. That is correct. Yeah. Which is, which in a rare instance is a carbon cut co- there, the two Galaxy Edge portions of, uh, of the parks are carbon copies of each other. They just, Cut and paste. Right. Uh, There's, you know, you went, you went somewhere different. I, I'll I'll talk about what I was thinking after you talk about this. Okay. Um, So, yeah, so they are just about complete um, copies from one coast to the other, which you're right, is a very rare instance. Um, They don't usually copy things quite to that degree. I would say really the only major difference is that Disneyland has three entrances to the land, whereas Disney World just has two. And going from Toy Story Land to Galaxy's Edge is a little more jarring than it is from like Critter Country to <laughs> uh to Galaxy's Edge. Um but I think that's really the only differences between those two parts. Oh no. Well and okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Of course. I'm and good. where and where they are because well, one's at I... studios and one's it. This is what I thought you were going to sort of talk OG. about is uh, New Orleans Square. Well, I'm getting I'm getting to that. Oh, OK. That was just as far as Galaxy's Edge is concerned. Oh, oh OK. We're, we're kind of touring. We're, we're coming around that that okay. way. 
So as I mentioned a moment ago, um, Disneyland has Critter Country, um, which is sort of more more Frontierland um, mm-hmm. at Disney World. Um, in fact, that's where Country Bear Jamboree used to be at Disneyland. Um, they no longer have that attraction. Disney World is the only place you can see that now. Um, and then which don't don't visit that attraction. Hey, at hey. Very, no, at the very end of your day. When you are uh, pooped to pop, you've hit the wall. You're very tired. <laughs> it's eleven thirty. You need to get into bed, and it just and you, you think, oh, I'll go in to get out of the rain. <laughs> it's because it's showering, and all you can do is sleep. <laughs> if you were in the last. The last uh, time I saw it, which was at night, it was almost time for fireworks. So it was pretty late. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, that crowd was really into it. That is like the most fun uh, showing of Country Bear Jamboree I think I've ever seen. Oh, no. Obviously, I was not having a good time by the time. No, that audience, I'm sure that audience was like, no, I'm done. No, we were all all (laughs) ready for bed. Uh, so, okay, so we talked Galaxy's Edge, and we've talked about that. Okay, so let's go around to, um, New Orleans Square. Right. And, um, Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion, which at Disney World sits in two different lands. Those two, um, places are in different lands altogether versus where there's no, there's no New Orleans Square at Disney World. There's Liberty Square. Right. Which is where Haunted Mansion is. Um, and then Pirates, which is in Adventureland at Disney World. Yeah. Um, and so I'm calling out those two attractions specifically because those two have differences between the two. So, um, and it's it's almost more about logistics than anything else. Mm-hmm. So at Disneyland, Pirates of the Caribbean has two drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas at Disney World, it only has the one. Uh, and then for Haunted Mansion. Um, oh, it's more of a dip. Don't scare the little kiddos. It's more okay. of a dip. It's yeah, a I mean, it's not it's not a splash mountain, you know, drop. Right. It's yeah, just it's not a drop like that. Yeah. No, it's it's a small. It's, it's a, a small, small little dip. I mean, there's not even a lap bar on those. No. On, on those Ride rides. Babies. So, Yeah. So they're they're definitely not that scary. Um, okay, so Haunted Mansion, um, kind of a similar issue in that it's a logistics thing at Disneyland. So the stretching room, and um, spoiler alert if you don't want to know kind of sort of behind the scenes things here, the stretching room at Disneyland is actually an elevator. Right. Because you've got to go underneath the railroad track to go into the main show building. So when they built it at Disney World, they're like, well, we don't have to do that. That's not a problem for us. But they still wanted the stretching room. So they still have one. It's just not an elevator. It's just, it kind of, it works the opposite, you know? So one, you're going down and on the other one, the walls are going up. Yeah. Okay. So that's another one that gets in Disneyland an overlay. That doesn't yes. happen in Walt Disney World. Yes. 
I that is something I have not seen yet, and I'm very excited to see at some point in the future um, the overlays, as I mentioned earlier, for Haunted Mansion and uh, it's a small world. Uh, it's um, Haunted Mansion gets one for the holidays, which is Nightmare Before Christmas themed, um, which, as I talked on a previous podcast, has a gingerbread house. Yes. Um, which is already up for this year. I'm very excited about that because um, it goes up before it goes up in the fall. That one's actually a longer overlay because it does both fall and holiday. Um, since it's not really strictly like it's it's Halloween and Christmas, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. There's kind of a there's kind of a uh, not a rift, but there's kind of a war of like, is it is it a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? And so they let the overlay stay for longer because they do it for both. Uh, and then Small World gets a holiday overlay, which I can imagine is just beautiful um, to see uh, just all the the finery, you know, and decorations of Christmas added to It's a Small World. That's another one I'm really looking forward to, to seeing, mm-hmm. um, the holiday version. They also have, um, and I know, again, this is sort of a <laughs> somewhat of a touchy subject for some Disney fans. Uh, there's IP, so intellectual property. So think of like um, Lilo and Stitch. I think Peter Pan. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other um, animated movie characters that are in the attraction um, that have dolls uh, in It's a Small World that are in the in the countries that they sort of represent, um, which I really enjoy that. I, I think that adds to Small World, not takes away. Um, so I'm very... I wish that they would do that to Disney world, honestly, because I think it just enhances the attraction. It doesn't take away anything away from it. That's probably a topic for a whole nother podcast though. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. So does that conclude sort of the magic kingdom versus Disneyland? Did I catch? I think, I think that's a good overview. Did I get okay? So there's one. There's one more attraction I wanted to touch on that ha, that's at both. That's on both coasts, but does have does have some differences. So Soren, which in right. its original iteration was called Soren over California, um, and it is at um, Disney's California Adventure at Disneyland, and is at Epcot at Disney World. Right. And for a while, that's what ran on at both on both coasts and then they changed it to soaring around the world on both coasts but occasionally you can catch soaring over california the original in california right and i'm very jealous that i've just missed it once or twice (laughs) (laughs) personally i believe they should differentiate the two i think it should be soaring over california in California and soaring over the world in Walt Disney World. And it gives people another reason to go to the other park, you know, to differentiate it. Otherwise, you know, you might be like, well, why do I need to go over there? Whichever there is, you're there. (laughs) Right. And like, I, and I think both of those fit in the respective locations that they're in. Because yeah, Soarin' exactly. California fits really well with California. Right. And Soarin' Around the World fits really well with Epcot because you've got the 11 well, World Showcase back there. It, 
it doesn't quite, they need to fix that movie <laughs> and not have the Eiffel Tower bend as much depending on where you're sitting. That's it. <laughs> it's very true though. Yeah. You've been on Soren, you know. Yeah. You know, the Eiffel ask Tower. For, ask for B section. That's right. You want to be in the center. That's that's the that's the best seat in the house is in that center section. Uh, okay, okay. Let's one one last attraction mention here, and then and then I think we'll wrap okay. it up. All right. So let's talk about Marvel. Uh, oh yeah, you've got oh, Avengers Campus over yeah. Disneyland, and there's a lot of people that are sad that that they haven't done one in Orlando. Right. Well, there's a really big reason for that. And that's What's because the there's a, like, not a law, but there's a contract between Disney and Universal in Florida. Right. That precludes them from having certain, because we're going to get into this in a minute, certain right. Marvel characters. Right. Not in Disney parks because they're in Universal parks. Yes. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of those weird ones that this does not pertain to right. because we have well, the Guardians well, coaster at Epcot. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think it's it's because Universal didn't have an attraction for Guardi for the characters that are in Guardians of the Galaxy, but they do have an attraction for, let's Hulk. say, Spider Man. Spider Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know yeah. they don't want to. And granted, they've been there for several years now, years and years. Um, but still, they don't want to have to scrap all that work they've done if they don't have to. Right. And, and they're and they're popular attractions. I yes. love those attractions. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in California, they do not have those restrictions those agreements in place. And so Disney can kind of do whatever they want with right. the Marvel characters, hence um, Marvel campus that includes all of our favorite, you know, Avengers um, yeah. characters. And so that's why we, for the foreseeable future, won't have an Avengers campus type uh, land at Disney World unless yeah. they're able to hammer out some sort of new agreement, but I don't see that happening really anytime soon because, like you said, Universal already has attractions with those characters and they don't want to have to start from scratch, right? Because that's an entire land for them, exactly. Um, and that that would be, I think, they would take a really big hit if they had to change all of that. So how's that? Do we think we we've covered a pretty broad range of uh, variations between the two coasts? Yes, we have. All righty, then I think I think that's going to be all for my list for today. All right. Very good. We're obsessed. This is our chance to rant or rave about something that is going on in our lives. It could be a book, an event, a record, something we just cannot let go of. And Heather, what are you obsessed about this week? 
So I'm obsessed about something very exciting that happened to us yesterday. Uh, my husband got a new car. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, we are now the proud well, well, owner. Well, it's not just any car either. That's right. We are now the proud owners of a brand new Tesla Model 3. There you go. Uh, my husband is so excited. The that only <laughs> The only catch to that is that this morning... We had to take it across town because when you buy a Tesla, you need to get a paint protection film put on at least the hood of the car. Uh-huh. Um, that really helps uh, protect its value over time and protects the paint of the car, particularly in Houston where we're driving on the roads all the time and there's lots of debris and things that could scratch up the uh, paint. So this will help prevent any nicks and scratches of that kind. Um, so you want to do it fairly quickly after you purchase the car to help protect it for the most amount of time that you can. Um, so we took possession of the car yesterday and we dropped it off at the, at the place today to have that protection film put on. Right. So we're back to one car again after uh, having two just yesterday. So you're having to uh, juggle things. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's almost weird that we have two cars now. We were talking at dinner last night. I was like, oh. So you can't go into work on Friday because I've got pickups, but you have a car because like, I won't be, I won't be home on Friday and I've got some clients coming to pick up some cookies for the Hocus Pocus premiere, which is coming on Disney plus on Friday. That's also another obsession and excitement um, going on around here. Um, but I was like, oh, so can you please stay stay home so that my pickups can come? Because <laughs> I, I won't be here and I was planning right. on you to be here. So we we were not expecting this until October or November. That was the original delivery date. And then uh, about two weeks ago, he opened the app and was looking at the delivery date. And it said September 22nd through 29th, something like that. And he was like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold, hold on. That, that's That's next week. Yes. <laughs> So, um, so just lots of kind of excitement and things going on quickly around here because we were not expecting to have a second car that fast. Right. And you get that new car smell. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was the first thing I said when I got in yesterday. I was like, oh yeah, new car smell. Yeah. <laughs> it was very exciting. So yeah, that's, that's what's been going on in our household the last, um, week or so is just preparing to um go get the car because buying a tesla is a very sort of unusual experience compared to <laughs> buying a car from a dealership like they're really i mean there is a dealership but that's not what they're called okay because you you order the car and right. you do all of this online you don't ever talk i mean you do talk to a salesperson but you do most of it online and so everything's taken care of even all the the paperwork for, you know, a loan, um, and things like that, you know, the things that take a long time when you go to the dealership and you have to like kind of haggle the price and you got to go through their, their payment people and, you know, do the loan and all of that stuff. And all of that's taken care of by the time you walk in to take possession of the car, um, from Tesla. And so we were in and out of there in about an hour yesterday. Okay. So, yeah. So about that. Uh, exciting. It's very exciting. I mean, you yeah. do a, you do a walk around, there's like a checklist. You have to check all these things off. Um, and then you have to kind of set up the car, you know, because it's very, you know, very tech heavy. Um, yeah. so you have to kind of customize the tech part of it to you wow. before you like drive off the lot. 
um, yeah, it's all all very exciting. Well, well, having to go through all that makes it, it amps up the excitement. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. If it, if, if it was something that was easy and simple, like put a, put the key into the keyhole and turn <laughs> the key, that wouldn't be as exciting. Well, even that, like, there's no. Is there no key? There is. So like, it's a card, like it looks like a credit card uh-huh. uh, about the size of a credit card. Um, but also like just having your phone on you with Bluetooth capabilities and an app, like uh-huh. just having your phone on you when you push the handle right. to open, it will open for you Got because you. your phone is in proximity. Um, yeah, it's, it's really technology. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. And so like, there's not even a push button to start. It just starts when it knows the key is near. Interesting. And there's like different modes. There's like a dog mode. So like, if you have to leave your dog in the car to like go run an errand or something, you can leave, uh-huh. you can leave the car on like with the windows cracked and the AC running. Right. You know? Um, yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. It has a lot of very cool features. <laughs> Excellent. I'd be uh, wearing that thing to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, have you been in Houston in the in the summer? <laughs> yeah. I have not. I'm excited to get into a cool car <laughs> after running errands versus um, getting into a very, very hot car. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be sweet. <laughs> or like just... Telling it in the app to turn on, you know, 10 minutes before you leave to go somewhere so it cools down. I remember uh, my parents' first car had the these bench seats that were like black vinyl. Mm-hmm. So your legs would stick. <laughs> yeah, I and... made him I made him get white interior so that oh. it wouldn't be so hot. <laughs> right, yeah. So and uh yeah exactly it was it was quite hot. So oh I'm so happy for you. That sounds so exciting. Yeah, we've been a single car house for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So having two cars again is going to be very interesting. In fact, we had to clear out our garage because we've got to charge the car. Yes. Um we've never well okay since I've lived here we've yeah. never <laughs> we've never parked a car inside the garage. So that's also been a thing we've been dealing with the last like because we thought we had another, you know, month, six weeks, uh-huh. almost two right. months. You thought you had time. Especially going into like cooler weather. So like we've not really been working on it during the summer because it's too hot to work out there. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we have like a week and a Three half. Days. Yeah. Yeah. To <laughs> clear out the garage enough to park a car. It's like, great. At least we'd already started the process. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what about you? What are you obsessed or ranting about this week? All right. So what I'm obsessed about is uh, recently I actually went to a concert, which was a big deal for me because I really am not around people at all. In my Oh, I life. saw that you did that. That looked so, like so much fun. Yeah. So it was um, it was a two band concert and they alternate who opens for whom depending on the date. So uh, I got to see uh, the show open with the Pet Shop Boys. And then in between 
them was the DJ Paul Oakenfold, who is huge, huge, huge. Um, and then after him was uh, New Order. And it just was a super fun concert. And I went with, there were seven of us that went to this concert. And um, I really hadn't, it, um, I hadn't seen anybody in like a year. So, um, uh, or longer or several years. I mean, like one of my friends, we hadn't seen each other probably like three years. Oh my gosh, that must have been so much fun. It was a lot of fun. And the Pet Shop Boys were really dramatic. (laughs) And um, I saw them, when did I see them? I think it was like about 10 years ago that I saw them. It was at the same, same place. I saw, if you're in the Philadelphia area, it was at the Man Music Center, which has... Uh, a portion of the audience is covered and then there's a back lawn that you can just like picnic out at and watch. Um, I was seated and I had cover over myself, (laughs) but I was further back this time around than I was last time. Last time I was quite a bit closer, but this time I was dead center. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, good, good seats. It would have been nice to have been closer, uh, you know, but yeah. that would have meant more money. And Yeah, uh, always. <laughs> yeah. So um, we originally booked this concert February 2020. Oh, my goodness. You've been and waiting so long. I bought the tickets back then <gasps> and it kept on getting... Um, rescheduled and rescheduled this is like um the third reschedule and uh we we got to see it and um it was so interesting how different the two bands were because um to me pet shop boys were kind of like uh true to form it, I, it wasn't a big surprise. A new Order was more of a surprise to me. They were more like, um, a, a, like a garage band type of thing, <laughs> even though they've been around for decades. And that was the other thing. So there's like a number of members of the band. And now, since they've been around for so many decades they like there was this keyboardist it was basically four guys and this uh woman keyboardist and she basically looked like somebody's grandmother she was wearing a dress and she wasn't all that active but she was like she was good i mean she she performed well she was really great the lead singer uh, came over at one point and started to play on the keyboards with her. I'm like, please don't do that. Don't, that's that does not sound good. Please don't do that. <laughs> he didn't do it for very long, but I'm like, let her do her thing. She's good at what she does. Let her do her thing. But um, it was funny. He w- had more of this like rocker vibe to him, 
and no, she would had there. She definitely had. I'm. I don't know if she has any children, but she looks like she could have been somebody's grandmother, just you know, tooling around on her keyboard. <laughs> and um, and the the lighting for both shows was just amazing. Just the lighting design, especially the Pet Shop Boys, they did things with LED screens and it was just very imaginative and uh, I really was um, surprised by that. And then it was just great seeing friends that I haven't seen in so long. It was just great to hang out. And we hung out together for a few hours before the concert began um, and got to catching up then. So that was really good. Yeah, so that is what I was obsessed with. Well, that's a really good obsession. Hanging out with friends and going to a concert you've waited almost three years for. Almost three years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I liked it. Um, So, yeah, I'd encourage you to revisit your youth. A vacation in the 21st century is a complicated maze. We can help to sort out this mess and make sense of it all. We have oodles more advice and guidance when it comes to favorite destinations for North Americans. If you want help with a vacation, we can make it happen. Our contact information is in the show notes. We can help with all of your favorite destinations on land and sea. Thank you, dear listener, for spending time with us. I know this was a long one. (laughs) Oops, sorry. (laughs) No, it's good. We had a lot of stuff together to cover. Um, Next week, uh, I don't know what's happening. I really don't because my plans got derailed. I was going to interview someone and they're in the middle of Hurricane Ian. So uh, we were supposed to record the interview this week and that obviously is not happening. So uh, I don't, you know, We'll figure something out. Just follow us to listen as we explore what is beyond our front porch. Reach for the magic. Reach for the adventure.